Are you ready? Yes. Are you really ready? Yes. Then let's go. Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... Going back to that whole celebration, I actually love other people celebrating my wins because I find it really hard to do myself. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. This is indeed Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Today, we are going to use the term running motivation very loosely because you may think that listening to this show right now is this a film review show? Is it about movies? Or is it actually about running? I feel that we just need to set the tone of the show. We are going to get onto lots of great running stuff. Love a bit of running. All up for that. But rest assured, I have no pressure on my shoulders anymore. From Pete the producer, the non-running guy of the show, went to see Top Gun, didn't I? I went yeah. to see Top Gun. I saw it. Top Gun Maverick. Tick that box. Do you know what? Last week, if you listen to the show, and plenty of people have fed back and gone, have you done this? Have you done that? Have you done the other? Pete, have you joined the gym? Yeah, I joined a gym, okay. Jake, did you see Top Gun? Yes, you saw Top Gun. Honestly, what did you think? Was it worth it? Was it, it worth it? It it blew my mind. Now, you know you're smiling because you called me. You knew what time I was going to see this. You called me literally the minute it had finished. I put the phone back off, took it off flight mode, and who's calling me? I'm like, I don't even need to look. I don't even need to look who's calling me. It's obviously you. Man, what a film. I mean, it takes a lot to be committed to go to the cinema these days, I find. Because it's just an effort, isn't it, a little bit? It's an effort, and it's bloody expensive expensive as well. It really is. It's expensive, it's time, and oh my... I tell you, you can make it a lot cheaper, though. Here's a little tip for you. Here's a great takeaway from today's episode. Well, don't say sneak in the fire exit, because you shouldn't do that. No, those days are gone. Those days are behind me. But if you go on your lonesome, which I did, you don't have to buy two lots of drinks and stuff. So normally I end up buying the drinks if I go with my girlfriend Martina. Didn't have to do that, just went on my own, didn't I? Boom! Even when I walked in there, the guy gave me two menus. Really nice cinema. Mm. The Everyman Cinema in Winchester. I think there's quite a few around the UK. And the guy gave me two menus. He said, oh, it's really nice in there. And he said, there's seating and here's a sofa. And here's a... There you go. I said, no, no, no. I just, just the one menu. It's, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> oh, okay. No problem. No problem. I loved it. What a film. I, I find, and, and this genuinely, there's like you and me and a Brains, a guy that, another guy I know as well, and we've all seen the film. And um, I, I, when I, I, I saw it with my son, my wife didn't want to see it. Becky's got no interest in it at all. So I saw it with Ed and he's like, he's 18 and he's not been waiting for this sequel for the last 36 years. So yeah, he, he enjoyed the film. That was absolutely fine. But I needed to speak to someone who really loved it like I did afterwards and I, and I phoned um, you up and you'd not seen it and I phoned Brains up as well and knew you'd both love it and he'd not seen it either um, so then so I just told you both to see it so when Brains had seen it he phoned me up and he went mate I went to see it with my wife he said my wife only saw the original a few weeks ago um, she's been waiting three weeks for this film I've been waiting for 36 years I'll try to talk to her about it but some things in the relationship I'm I'm just not getting back and I needed more for I needed more so then we we totally anoract about it for about 20 minutes on the phone so I think it's like it's like you know some people absolutely love it it's of that era some people you know not so fuss but appreciate that it's a really entertaining film um, but I'm afraid I'm just geek for that stuff look I'm in that camp the anorak camp it is absolutely that film to get all geeky over and and real nostalgia as well and I've only heard good things about this film actually I've got to say I've always been a big Tom Cruise fan I love the original I mean 
Was it 85? I would have been... Is it 85 that the original came I out? I think it was 86. 86. Could be wrong. I think it was 86. Yeah, so yeah, I'd have been, yeah. what, like, uh, eight. I'd have been eight when the film yeah. came out. So I don't know actually when I saw the film. It certainly wasn't at the cinema. I know that much. But just amazing. And when he started, I thought, am I watching the original film here? Because it, because it starts as the original <laughs> does. It's just... I know. Look, this really is a running podcast. Don't panic. We are going to get into great stuff. But it's, it's actually your fault, yeah. Pete. I've become that Top Gun pain in the arse now. Now I've seen it. I'm calling up people and sending messages going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Going away this year. Blah, blah, how are the kids? Have you seen Top Gun? Have you seen it? Yeah. If not, when are you going? Results. I know. Well, I've seen it Not twice excuses. now, so I've passed on. I feel like I've passed on the pain in the arse baton to you. So I've stopped being such a pain in the arse. I appreciate I am a pain in the arse, but less of a pain in the arse. And now you are the mega pain in the arse. But to be fair, there is a very, very, very short scene with a little bit of running in in Top Gun. So I think it qualifies to speak about on the running podcast. I think it's fine. I'm just super happy because back when you did Manchester Relay in April of this year, I thought your relay days were over. Clearly they're not. You passed me the Tom Cruise Top Gun baton. I've got it. I'm running with it, man. I just need to find a sucker to hand it to. Go see it! For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Today's guest is Sam Amond, Team Hour 7 Ultra Runner and winner of the 145 mile Grand Union Canal Race with a ladies record of 25 hours and 45 minutes. That was only a few days ago. She's on the show talking to us today. I want to know how she's doing, if she's recovered. Sam, great to have you on the show. Thank you. Obviously, it's great to speak to you, Sam. And I, and I can see you obviously on the on the screen here. We're connecting on Zoom. You look a bit too fresh. This was only like a few days ago. <laughs> how are you feeling? Do you know, I know everyone wants me to say uh, that I feel really tired and exhausted <laughs> and I don't want to run another step. But um, having come up fresh off of the 100 mile, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and the 100k, in the space of eight weeks, I've run a lot of miles. I feel great. Um, I think it's obviously the pace is what's the killer. You'll always hear people say that. And um, I just took it like a long, long run and going out and enjoying myself and it didn't disappoint uh, the race and I kind of got up the next day apart from feeling a little bit tired thinking I actually could run but I made an agreement with my coach minimum was to come back running on Wednesday so yeah I feel good actually. Well we're <laughs> recording this today on Wednesday you look like you've you've been for a run or you're ready to go for a run is that the case? I went back training actually on Monday um, so I took it easy on Sunday took my dogs for a walk and just chilled out because I definitely feel that I deserved it and then um, I felt quite good on Monday so I went to spinning and did a bit of cross training and then yesterday went back and did body combat which is um, martial arts but obviously very low intensity um, and a bit of cross training so that's on a cross trainer and then today I've done body pump and run 5k. You know these I'm really interested to know actually Sam because you know <laughs> these things like the body combat and body pump do you do those mm. primarily for fitness is that the main motivation like a bit of cross training type stuff or is it is it something that you actually enjoy that you just want to you want to put into your training i do it for both actually um and because i i took on strength and conditioning last year that was the biggest thing for me i wasn't doing enough strength work and back in 2019 i had a back fracture and whilst i was doing body pump and everything else it wasn't enough 
So when I started to factor in strength and conditioning, uh, a one-to-one session a week, then doing body combat and body pump, skipping, boxing, loads of different things. It's got my running fitness up as well. And I never really realized the impact of cross training, like spin work and going on the bike and doing less miles. So if anything, I'm running better now, having run less a week. Um, than actually what I used to do and it's all the cross training but I also do it for mental health I do it to see different people and I love that physical endurance pushing yourself and doing something different to running it's really important isn't it that enjoyment as well we know when you're training for performance Mm. there's things that really matter and you've got to do things that potentially you're not super up for maybe you know people listen to this they've got big Mm. goals they, they want to train hard and stuff to achieve that goal every day can't be like you know fun in the park when they go and put the shoes on so doing those sessions whether it's runs or otherwise that they really enjoy that's really important isn't it like you say for the mental health i mean we know about that more than ever over these past few years right like everybody's just you know needs to get a little bit unstuck at times and out of a funk mentally and just get some enjoyment from life that's like so important i'm interested to know do you find it easy to and ask a lot of people this at your level sam doing the things that you do and the achievements that you've got do you find it easy to kind of back off a little bit or are you, is the switch always on? Do you know what I mean? Like Monday back into training. Do you just know your body really well and you know that you can cope with that? Or how is rest and recovery for you? What relationship do you have with it? Probably like most runners, it's a bit of a battle. I really don't like the tape a week. I feel stressed out because I think if I just did one more run, wouldn't that make me stronger? And then you've also got in the back of your head saying that one more run could injure you as well. So tape a week is actually worse. And then the recovery week isn't so bad because you know you've done the big effort and you've deserved it. So there's that reward factor. Um, But... I do know my body that well that I don't like to be categorised like everyone else. Oh, you should be broken. You should be on the floor. You should take at least two weeks off. You should take a month off because everyone needs different things. And I realised that from having done the track 100 um, with a few of the athletes who are still recovering now, I literally bounced off of it, felt amazing and went back running a a day or so later because I felt good. But there are times, I'll be honest with you, Jake, where I don't feel it and I have to listen to my body. I didn't have any desire to run on Monday. Um, I didn't really have any desire to run on Tuesday. And then today I thought, yeah, my body feels good. My hip flexors are less tight. I've had a massage since and I've done some classes and I've eased my body back into it. So, yeah, I know my body well. So, you know, when you say I listen to the body to see kind of Mm -hmm. what it wants, I guess, is what you're saying there. Is there an element of listening to the mind as as well you know like you sort of use things like phrases like oh not feeling it do you, do you, do you listen to the mind yeah. do you try and strike the balance between what the body what the body wants and is happy with and what the mind wants as well because they're not always necessarily aligned are they no quite often they're not because your head says one thing your body says another but I've learned through having years worth of on and off injuries, quite some um, significant ones that have taken me out of running for quite a while that actually it's not worth it so I've got a lot more sensible in old age. <laughs> so um, even if my body is um, saying, yes, it can, and my head saying no, you know, it's normally the other way around. My head saying yes, my body's saying no. Um, I just basically think, is it worth it? And I'll work out whether it is. And if anything feels too tight, I don't do it. Whereas years ago, I would have. I pushed it and then injured myself experience isn't it and, and learning from hopefully i mean i think we all make mistakes mm. don't we I'm, I'm i'm sure you would agree perhaps in your in your time and experience you've made some mistakes that we learned from i certainly have many people listen to this and, and that's where 
you know, no experience is really wasted if you, you do learn from it and you help, you use that to help you sort of map the future out for you, whether that's just, right, I'm going to do more strength work, you know, to reduce the risk of injury or actually I, I really need to, for the mind, just in, introduce some training that I really mm-hmm. want to do. I really want to do body combat. I really want to do park run periodically on a weekend as one of my runners messaged me this morning because she gets a lot of joy from mm-hmm. that. And that's, that's really important, I think. Oh, am I still? Am I correct in saying you're still the 100 mile in 12 hour British record holder? Is that right? That was broken. Um, was April it? of this year, oh. so April the 23rd, and last wow. year I broke the record. It was a 31 year record. I broke it by uh, 10 minutes, and then this year I improved it to another 24 minutes quicker. Um, and I ran it in 14 hours and 10, and then I knew when I'd run the 12-hour, all I needed to do was hang on for similar pace to get the record. So, yes, I did that in April the 23rd at the Centurion event. Wow. So, yeah. Got you. I've had a good good few months. Absolutely. And, and I guess it's really important, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you're looking at these kinds of huge achievements, which I can't relate to, you know, I just run for me and I have my own mini goals, but when they're on this kind of level... I think it spurs other people on as well, other people in a similar perhaps bracket to yourself. And now we've got social media. I just, I sense anyway, Mm. and tell me what you think, more people are pushing themselves. So if a record's broken, they kind of want to get back out there and have another go at it if they were the former record Mm -hmm. holder. I'm really sensing this from people we speak to on the podcast as well. And what I'm also interested to know from yourself, Sam, obviously you've achieved some amazing things. You know, in the immediate aftermath, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's elation and overwhelm and when mm. you first do it and, oh my gosh, how did I do that? Especially if mm-hmm. it comes as maybe a bit of a shock or, you know, lots of work goes mm. into that. How do you feel in those kind of immediate days afterwards? Because we're in that period now, aren't we? Kind of five days or so. Is there a come down? Are you still on a high? Are you still processing? Do you reflect? Where are you? Do you know, I'm really weird. I actually need my friends to build me up because I don't feel that I want to be egotistic. I know it's not egotistic because it's a great achievement, but I feel happy in myself, almost tearful and emotional, but I find it really hard to show show that emotion. So I was really pleased, overwhelmed. I didn't expect to actually win it outright, the grand jury neither. The records also to do as well as I did, I wrote them down as three targets and I basically smashed every one. And you never know how you're going to feel until you actually start running because the conditions for the track were really hard. And then for the Grand Union, it was really um, uh, humid. And also there was two miles or so of diversion. So it's actually 147 miles. So that can play with your head. And I felt really good at the end, but so exhausted that you can't almost celebrate it. So it's actually the next day you celebrate it. And then... Being the person that I am, always wanting to uh, achieve and compete, I kind of move on too quickly and I've got to try and train myself to stop doing that and actually reveling in a little bit more of the glory before I move on to the next. So, yeah, I would say I'm feeling um, a little bit flat at the moment, (laughs) thinking about what next, because I don't have a great deal until the World Championships in August. Um, This was a really good race, the Grand Union for me, because my coach passed away last year, Norman Wilson, most will know him in the ultra scene. He was working very closely with my former physio, who is now my coach. And it was a real big shock. So part of the reason of doing the Grand Union was it was at the eve of his death. So he died on the 4th of June last year. So it was in the memory of him. So it had quite a different meaning. And what you'll find with different races, like the track was all about British records. This one was all about how far you can push your body. So they've got different meanings and different thoughts in them. I mean, obviously I'm so happy that I've done what I've done, but I'm now thinking what next? 
<laughs> it, I really appreciate your honesty, and I'm sure people listen to this will as well, because it's not always so easy to kind of expose ourselves, especially to an audience, mm. you know, listening to the show now. And, and I think as well, that self-acknowledgement, and I think as I listen to you, it's not something I find particularly easy, Sam. You know, that pat on the back and, and that appreciate what mm. we've achieved, not just in running, but anything. You know, it could be, wow, I now have a podcast. I didn't used to, and now I do. You're looking at the next episode and what's happening next and who's the next guest. Does that make sense? There's always that kind of future, future, future. Mm. And it kind mm. of makes sense in my mind because people talk about the journey, don't they, rather than the destination. So that kind of ties in with that. But it's really nice to hear that you have a strong, clearly, network of people around you coaches friends team uh team members now as well that can just give you that perhaps awareness and encouragement and hog be it virtual or physical and i really like that i think that's something we all need can i just mm. ask you about the coach norman you mentioned it, it were you still working with him was he an active coach or was it somebody you worked with previously so Norman and I knew each other from around 2012. So I won his race outright, which as you can imagine, it's quite rare for a woman to do that. And obviously to do it again this week, just gone um, at the age that I am at 43 as well. So um, we met in 2012. He had a marathon locally to him in Gloucester and we've sort of kept in contact. And I never forget when he sent me a, because uh, he was working for the IAU and UK Athletics, a request and invite to see if I wanted to do the trial for a 50K. And obviously at that time, I was only still running marathons. I laughed and went, who on earth would run 50K? Bearing in mind, I hadn't worked out the numbers. I'm a miles person rather than kilometers. I hadn't worked out, it's just a few more miles. I laughed it off and I was not in the position back then um, to ever do anything. Actually, that might've been 2007. Then we met in 2012 for his race. Then I went on and did stuff for England internationally and then got my first GB vest in um, 2016. And it was after I went to go and do the Anglo-Celtic plate, which is also what I did again this year for England. I had glandular fever that year. It's 2017. And he obviously had known of me, um, talked with me and said, give me a call on Monday, I'll help you. Um, because my coach I was working with at the time for nearly nine years, um, sadly had a tumour and couldn't actually travel or do anything. So it was about the right time to start working with an ultra coach because that's when I was starting to gravitate towards ultras. And then we worked together solidly for four years until he passed away and um, we obviously started to work with Andy Walling who is my coach now just to get some of the speed work cut down the miles slight, slightly and also their experience both of them from a physical standpoint he was the GB physio so he was the one that kept me on the road and then worked with Norman to try and look at the advice on what I should be running each week obviously Norman executed the plan he did it virtually and then he'd come and attend races when he could as well. So it was a great relationship until he passed away in June last year. Wow. And, and no doubt very, very fond memories for, with, with mm. Norman as well of Norman. What impact did it have on you at the time in, in, in terms of running, I guess, really? I mean, branching out into clearly other areas of life, but Norman was such a powerful figure when it comes to running and you're running mm. an influence. What, what impact did it have and how did you kind of overcome that how did you how did you use it to move forward so I mean ultimately we don't no one really needs a coach you kind of know what you need to do when you're at the level that I'm at and you've been running for quite some time but what I have a coach for is more from an advisory standpoint if you were just coaching yourself I know I'm the sort of person I'm very impulsive I've got addictive personality it's all or nothing I wouldn't know when to stop so I see having someone like Norman 
as an opportunity to ground you and actually be an advisor to say, do you know what, that's one race too many or actually why don't you consider this? So it was a great partnership and that's why it's really important to have a coach. They're there to pick you up when you're feeling down, when you're going through injuries, make you aware that yes, you will get back. So for me, it was instrumental and because I don't have a father figure and I've my father's never been around and he passed away some years ago he was like a father figure he's very similar age to my mum I wasn't deliberately looking for someone that was a father figure he approached me and it just felt right at that time and then I look at the relationship that I have with Andy um I always felt scared if I did something wrong. Norman was like a big teddy bear. Um, I could be a little bit manipulative and get away with naughty things. And I say naughty, it's very low level, cheeky stuff. And that's what I loved about him. He'd say, to be honest with you, that's a bit too much. And I used to take the mick. Um, And then I would have with Andy where, because of his experience of working with UK athletics, some of the top athletes, I didn't want to disappoint. So when I got my back fracture, I knew I wouldn't be running the world championships and I knew I needed to listen to the advice. So actually it's been instrumental. And if I'm honest with you, having um, someone that's looking out for you um, kind of helps when my kid's dad died in 2009 when you're on your own and you're a single parent having that extra layer of support is so important so for me my running isn't just about mental health it isn't just about achievement it's about that network and community of friends and family you've got around you that is your infrastructure and your support so someone that you trust is really important so yeah it's big for me because my running is a big part of my life People are, are so instrumental and fundamental to, 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 to have in our life in whatever capacity. And then sometimes they, they play different roles. They don't always play the same role. These, these, it's nice to have mm. a mix of people, but they're so, so important. And I was kind of reflecting, listening to what you're saying, and I can completely relate personally. I, I lost my father when I was um, many, many, many years ago and didn't really have a great relationship with him at the time either. And, you know, looking mm. back now, and I'm of a similar age, I'm 44, Sam. So now I mm. have some deep conversations with some of my friends. Uh, Pete, the producer of the show, who sadly couldn't join us today, he's one of them. And looking back at the people I've almost gravitated towards, some of them in my mm. younger years, it's been because of almost that kind of lack of father figure or older brother type, mm. role model type. Does that make some sense? I'm sure it does. You're nodding yeah. away here. So I can kind of really relate to that and, and looking back. And people are important. We need good people around us and, you know, we need to be there to support others as well. Just going back to the race, this this uh, this big event, the 145 miler on Friday, was it always on the cards, the ladies' record? I mean, you, you sound like you, you're in good shape, you were confident, you'd done lots of things leading up to that, hence why you can get straight back into training. Mm. Did you have it in your mind? Were you mm. confident? Were you nervous? How do you feel? The thing with long races and you'll know this that sometimes um anything can happen i watched the whole race unfold where the guy that went off at the start really really fast i thought wow i'm never going to catch him you don't always know your competition and i looked at the start list and i thought it could be anybody's day but i'll be honest with you i've wanted to do this race for years and it once i think it was 2019 it fell on my birthday on the 25th of may and norman said no i would like you to do the comrades and i thought actually it's an iconic race i'd like to do that but you know what i'll be back i will be doing it and then october of last year i booked it in i hadn't quite discussed it with my coach but i knew ultimately as long as everything went okay with the track 100 i'm going out there to do it because it's far enough away if i get selected for the world champs not to have a great impact for others it might because they need a lot of recovery time and 
I did plan for the course record. I thought as long as I keep moving forward, I learn from all the races that I've done and I've really nailed my nutrition. I mean, there's still a few tweaks, but 100K when Mike Stocks from Team Hour 7, um, he aided me and we had this agreement. I wasn't going to ask for anything else. I wasn't allowed to look at the shoes. I wasn't allowed to go near the desk. Having that type of support, we then carried it into the 100 mile and the temptation to want to sit and ch chat to my friends because I have got a habit of talking, if I'm honest with you, Jake. Everyone knows that I'm a talker. I'm a typical Gemini. Um, but I've got to focus on the, the race. But that's the lovely thing about the Grand Junior because it's such a long way. You've got time to make up, but you've also got to be careful you don't burn time. And in my head, I'd already targeted the record and I'd already said I want at least an hour or so quicker. And actually the three targets I had, one was to win um, the ladies race. Then the second one was to get the course record and win the ladies race. And the third was to win it outright. And I got them all. Well, you had three targets for the race, got them all. I have one mm. target for the podcast, and that's to get more Gemini on the show because, you know, they make really good guests for the show, clearly. We're in very good company, so I really appreciate that. You mentioned nutrition. Uh, I'm guessing that's mm. more around the actual race itself. You mentioned the support from Team Hour yeah. 7. Clearly, I mean, mm. I know I sort of like limit at, at marathons is kind of my thing. I'm still chasing personally those those sort of mm -hmm. times and whatnot. Um, I feel like now's the time. Maybe I will look to longer stuff in the future. You know, Comrades keeps floating around my head and these kinds of things. So I realise that nutrition is very important the longer the race. When you talk mm. about nailing it, is that kind of like the frequency of what you take how often you take the fuel or is it what you take or is it kind of all of those it's things? everything it, it's all of it and to be honest last year because i wasn't ready to there was so much going on with work i was working 16 hour days i was burnt out exhausted trying to manage kids you know dogs everything was going on and i didn't feel ready and the eye opener really was when norman died i just felt right it's time to get yourself into gear and start making changes so not only did I come out of a, a relationship um, I also changed my job and then I spent some time with a nutritionist a lady called Wendy who used to do the nutrition for British Rowing um, and it was personally I paid for it because I felt that I really need the right advice and she said to me wow you don't even eat any protein and I looked and thought actually I just live off carbs as a vegan so I made very small changes I started to work with Mindful Chef where food is made for you because I realised as a busy mum I really need to find time in cooking even though you still have to cook the food it's because it's all measured out it makes it easier and when you start feeling better about yourself and you see the improvements like the physical as well and actually how you feel um, I continue to do that have more protein shakes take um, better supplements of vitamins and then it came to race day where I had one in Battersea which was in September of last year and it went pear-shaped and it was for many reasons to do with menstrual cycle physical um just everything was tightened and also the heat of the weather and i walked away at 19 hours feeling a bit of a failure and we've all been there where we've had dnfs and they're not nice or pleasant but as long as you learn reflect and you move on quickly because what i don't want is that in the back of my mind because you take that to your next race so i then planned to do gloucester which was the 24 hour and i hit hypothermia because it went from one extreme to another from a really hot conditions in september to october too cold and i learned from it from having had hypothermia before to go indoors and told my friends 50 minutes or however long 45 minutes tell me to get up i warmed up drunk a drink um, the food was a little bit better that's when I started to play with the nutrition but I just couldn't stomach anything I managed to skate through and get a um, qualification distance um, I came second and I was really pleased because I'd actually improved and got a PB 
And from that point on, basically, is where I've started to write nutrition. So I've got, gone better on fluid. Um, I'm eating for every 45 minutes. It's little and often and listening to my body, trying to take more carbohydrates in. Because if I look at the track 100 last year, I did it off of nine gels and I probably had no more than six, 700 calories. It wasn't enough. It was really warm. Um, I had a really bad middle section. And then the next day I woke up, I had blisters all in my mouth and I didn't eat enough variations. So that's the bit that I've changed. Go for more solid food the longer you go. And then obviously better food in the day um, as well. So I eat like standard meal times and I make sure I eat better quality. But yeah, it was all of that. So many moving parts, aren't there? Pieces to the jigsaw, not just about the running, as I say to all the, the runners that I coach, whatever the goals are, think about the things outside of the running. We tend to think about the running because that's what we're mm. aiming at doing. It makes sense. But it's all those other things. Now, obviously, very busy with work as a mom, doing the big distances that you do. Do you enjoy the the planning of stuff outside of the runs? You know, you talk about like, the nutrition, the mindful chef, right, let's get that nailed, this needs sorting, that needs sorting. Do you enjoy it or is it just like a necessity? I do enjoy it to a degree, but sometimes when you're so exhausted from work and running, um, it's a little bit like when coaches give you minute per mile or they tell you the pace. I don't actually look at the training until it gets to the day because if you overthink things, um, it's too much to consume. There's only so much you can take in. And when my job was at its busiest up until mid-January, I hadn't got the bandwidth to think. And when I go and plan these long races, when it's on a track, the nutrition's easy enough because I can get something every lap. When you do the Grand Union, I had my friend help. Um, I've worked with Robbie as well for the nutrition and Wendy made sure that I knew that I was getting the right amount of carbs but the mistake I made was I left the aid stations too late um, on and I, I obviously I said to my friend just plan when you guys can get there and actually what I should have done was made them a little bit closer because I think one you're on your own you want to see people and two just taking those things you don't have to carry them it's very different doing nutrition for point to point races so that's something that I learned and I'll take that away Less sugar, because again, sometimes you want a bit more. I didn't touch in really many of the candy kittens or really sweet stuff because you start to feel nauseous. Um, I went for more savoury. So again, I've learned something from that. Um, so it's just different things. It's trial and error and then making sure that you've got everything for every account because you may find all of a sudden you fancy something that's not on your desk. And the last thing I want to do is get my friends all stressed out trying to look for these items. So um, that planning bit has to be done but I normally do it maybe a couple of days before the race because I don't want to think about it before then. Where my friends come in that they're really good, especially my friend that's really good technically, Trevor, um, I just tell him to work out where the aid stations are, where he's going to be, and he'll help map some of the routes because I'm not a techie. I just switch my Garmin watch on, probably use about 5% of it, start, stop. And how I can tell my pace is not really looking at my watch, it's my leg turnover. You get that good metronomically that you know what you're running. Um, and I don't want to put stresses in. You've got to run this pace. Tempos and things like that, like if you have a range, is far better for me, which is why I have a coach to plan it for me, tell me what I should be doing. My friends that help me with the crew and stuff, they get me to the race so I don't have to think about that stress. And then it just means you're in the best place possible to potentially break a record or finish a race rather than having all these extra worries. Because to be honest, Jake, before I go to races, I'm still cooking dinner. I'm still walking my dogs. I'm still sorting my house out. And I'm probably still working to, on the same day that I'm about to race. 
sometimes. Strategy is key, isn't it? I think we all need a technical Trevor in our lives. That would be awesome. Maybe okay. he should uh, he should offer some sort of service. I would definitely hire him when it comes to <laughs> marathon week, taper week. If you could just, Trevor, just sort the stuff out, routes and things, that'd be really helpful. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you need friends like my friend Jo. She's the bell ringer. She's the one that smiles. Um, she's the one that's there to support me. So I've got different friends and I've known them for over 19 years and they just know me. They don't question anything and they know not to ask me how I'm feeling because if they do that's not good as well for a runner you need someone that's got a positive influence and someone that you can trust that when you've got your crew they're so important your crew I love some of the stuff you're coming out with here the bell ringers we all need bell ringers and cheerleaders in our lives and I also like what you said about the bandwidth there because I I can definitely relate Mm. to this personally my my personality i'm bouncing off the walls and i'm forward projecting sometimes way too far and there's only so much capacity that we have so much bandwidth and i think some of that's determined by personality is my opinion but also just actually having some space and time to breathe and think and just focus on the moment is actually really helpful so it's really interesting to hear that you kind of trust yourself a bit you trust your coach i don't need to worry about what's happening tomorrow necessarily or the week after be aware of it but don't focus on it let's just focus on the now that is so powerful and perhaps not so easy for people to do definitely something to practice and i think it's probably why when you were saying about reflection and stuff why i'm always never satisfied because if you spend too much time in the past um it also brings up negativity as well so you just have to pick up all the good points the things that you need to work on and then move on to the next thing and i found that's how i dealt with the death of their dad as well because you could actually get consumed by so much negativity and disappointment that you would never actually achieve anything so i am very much for forward thinking here here and now and moving on and then trying to find the next goals and it takes a lot of brain power and energy to deal with it let alone before you've even started the run which is why a good manager in a company would be someone that would actually share the workload and I kind of do that with my racing obviously my friends are happy to I would never force them they love it and if anything because they can't run those sort of distances they feel part of something it's that whole team element and it's why I love team hour seven because they came to the race and originally me mike was supposed to run but he had a fall and obviously i didn't want to risk him so dom the other founder although he's not a big big runner he's getting there he ended up um running with me and loved it so it was really good to share that experience and they aided me as well so we all learn things together and i find when you share something it feels like it's a bigger thing so going back to that whole celebration i actually love other people celebrating my wins because i find it really hard to do myself sam in 2009, you lost your husband, two children, two small children, a situation that mm-hmm. I think many people would find incredibly difficult to even begin to comprehend. With your permission, can I ask mm. you, were you running back then in those days? Did running come from that? How, what, how did it fit? How did, what role did running play, if any? My first marathon was actually 2006. Um, I remember thinking, how do I get into London Marathon? So I wanted to do it. And I ended up running at the company I was working for at the time. They had a team they were putting together for charity. And I had not got into the ballot. So I've always enjoyed running at school. And then I started doing running when my firstborn was a couple of years old. That was my daughter, who's now 20. It's scary, isn't it? A 20-year-old. 
um, Emily. And uh, that kind of, I started doing lots of marathons. And at the time, the coach was saying to me, you'd be better off. And this was in sort of 2009 when I worked with my first coach. You'd be better off focusing on marathons because you've obviously got a lot of talent to run at speed. But when your kids are really young, um, you tend to just run for fun. So I started off running for fun. And then obviously when he passed away, I got a little bit more serious. And it did become a little bit like Forrest Gump, where you're running, you're running away from everything and everyone. But some of my most heartfelt and emotional moments were on the trails, on the Thames path with my friend Joe and others that I'm still friends with today and Trevor, because they got me through it. Um, it's a lot to deal with. And there's two ways you can look at it. You either bury your head and don't accept it and fall apart but that wasn't an option. I'm a bit of a fighter. I'm a twin as well. I've always been feisty. My mum was a single parent of four kids, great role model, someone that struggled. And I never wanted to be in that position where I was struggling or feeling like I couldn't cope. So I think that ability to be able to block things out, put them into a Pandora box, which is a really hard thing with something that significant. I was only 30 years old. um, It's a big thing for me. So for, uh, for what I did was basically picked up my running, um, continued to improve, then joined Belgrave. Um, this was over 13 years ago now, nearly. And my running started to improve naturally because that you had a better training schedule. So when I put on a coach, I'd, I had that constant battle with, no, I'm doing what I want. And the miles were ridiculous. They were up to sort of 120, 130 miles. That's where injury comes. But I, it was that way of coping rather than taking antidepressant tablets. Um, I'd go out and run. And then that build up of all of those miles and building that foundation is basically what's made me the long distance runner I am today. The only difference is over the last years a few years I've actually had a better structure and that's what I need I'm someone that likes routine like I do with my job I like to be on conference calls I like a full-time job I like to balance my kids I like to balance the household I love spinning plates but it does get to a point where sometimes it's too much and even I have every so often a meltdown and you know the best thing for that when you have a meltdown is to get the skipping rope out or go for a run or walk the dogs always helps you to feel better doesn't it bit of movement bit of fresh air I I can see you come alive on the video Mm. as you say that I absolutely love that and I really Mm. appreciate you sharing your past experiences as as well Sam I'm really grateful to you for that and and what's interesting is even if I hadn't have known that and you hadn't shared uh, the the experiences of, of of many years ago you are clearly somebody that's very driven, as you openly admit, but mentally tough. You've got that resilience, you know, that's, that's quite clear. Is that something that you have consciously worked on or is it just naturally mm-hmm. who you are or is it a combination of things in your past experiences? Does that make sense? Is it the things that's affected you that's given you that resilience when the going gets tough in races? Yeah, I think it's the latter. It's um, the uh, situations that I've been in. I mean, I look back at school. I didn't enjoy school. I was bullied, um, didn't have a father figure around. So, you know, my mum did everything and I knew her life was challenging. I lost my nan, who I was very close to. She was like second mum. We didn't really have any male influence. Um, Bullied at school was quite significant and it was bullied for being popular and being good at sport, ironically. And it really did. I I struggled and I went through um, school with an eating disorder. It went on for quite a few years until I was close to 19. So um, that was because you have no self-worth. You don't feel that you're worth anything. Then you go into the work environment where you get bullied and it's bullied again for being female um so i've had loads of different things happen then my daughter's had mental health issues um obviously losing my husband 
um, loads of things. It kind of knocks you back, but actually what it does is it builds resilience, it makes you stronger. And as long as you're around really positive people, I am internally grateful for my friends. They'll be lifetime friends. We never argue. And along the way, I've met new people as well. So I have this circle of friends, close friends. It will take a lot to break that circle apart. Sometimes we probably get annoyed with each other and they're probably thinking, God, she's got another race. I bet we're going to get asked to be crew again. But they love it, really. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm just a very loyal person and I really do rely on trust and people that I care deeply for. And actually a lot of it is people outside of my family as well. And I see my mum, obviously, as a role model. And that's kind of what's driven me to be the person I am. And maybe it's also being a twin. My twin sister is totally different. Um, she's a little bit taller. She's not really into sport, um, very glamorous, um, very different to me, quite, um, I would say, quiet in comparison to me. Maybe you could call it Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know. It's two split personalities. She's definitely different as she's got older and she lives in the state so obviously the confidence has grown but she thinks I'm insane it's quite funny and she's also had her children very late and that's the other thing when you have children at 23 it's quite young what's now you're seeing is happening is like with a lot of people in their 40s they pick their running up more because they've got more bandwidth and my son at the moment all he needs is um, money and lifts and taking <laughs> him to football <laughs> perfect <laughs> and my daughter money Sounds like a, a, a nice arrangement that you have there, which enables you to get out and bank the miles that you need to bank. It's quite clear that you have a lot of love for the people around you. So family, friends, mm. lifelong people as well. You've mentioned that several times throughout this chat. And you seeing other people as role models and the support and it's, it'll, it'll you know, the, how would these relationships ever break down? They wouldn't. Do you see yourself as a role model, Sam? I try to be a role model mainly for females. Um, so I've done quite a lot of talks in schools. I've got a few coming up. And although it's a great subject because it's about me, it's actually quite embarrassing. But I know that so many people say, oh, you're inspirational, you're this. I feel a little bit overwhelmed by it. It's why I don't use Strava. I don't go and parade my... Um, you know achievements but I do feel proud of myself because I feel as a woman that's got every spinning plate possible it just shows to people out there including women that never feel they can because they've got kids it's okay to be your individual as well you're not just someone's mum you are a person and I think that role model is the type of one that I want to be where I can show it's possible um, kids can be uh, proud of parents as well you don't stop achieving just because you get older as well um, so yeah I, I like especially with girls in um, secondary school where they don't believe they can do things um, to tell them that actually this is the time now if I'd have had the influence and the push when I was at school which I didn't have it was done really on myself um, it will really drive um, a decision that someone might make in later life so if you can influence them like I coach a, pr a primary school once a week and I tell them how important exercise is for mental health and how competition is good because I think a lot of the time now that's been taken away and actually if you're not academic which I wasn't particularly sport is just as important because you've got so many jobs and professions you can do and also most importantly you could be the most intelligent person but not have your mental health in check and being able to do sport and achieve something is a massive thing so for me I go around making sure that it's positive. I don't put anything negative on social media. I make sure that um, girls or ladies can see that they can achieve things. And I do know that it's obviously inspiring others. So yes, that's what I love being a role model. 
and I think there's people listening to this now nodding away wherever they're listening to mm-hmm. it's really important to just have your mental health in check so so important that is the the, the, the root of so many things so I really appreciate you coming on the show and chatting with Pleasure. me Sam I, I'm, I'm gutted Pete couldn't join us for this I could talk to you for <laughs> hours we must get you back on the show and have another catch up before you go though I'd, I've got a couple of things I want to ask you if that's alright mm-hmm. obviously you've got some exciting sure. things lined up in the future the Berlin World Champ sounds like it could be a warm one got to prepare for that obviously part of team hour seven exciting stuff marathons and fast marathons Mm -hmm. that was kind of sam of old but you're still keeping your you're still doing bits aren't you i I know you did one recently is that something that's on the radar do you want to have a go at a pb again on a marathon have you got that in your mind or is it just long stuff now so i'd like to have pb'd in march but obviously the course that i chose was actually in cheshire it was on a, a gp motor circuit so it was like this for the uh, site, uh, you know, for the biking. Um, I'm planning to go out to hopefully Valencia at the end of the year. I might do London Marathon after the World Champs. Um, yeah, I think so. I feel fast at the moment. Touch wood, I don't want to get injured, but I definitely picked up my speed. And honestly, Jake, I feel in my 40s fitter than I've ever been. I feel more confident, more sure of myself. It's like something happened last year. I fell asleep and then woke up with all these great experiences. So, yeah, I think it's just making sure that the training is right and it's the right time and I get the right rest and recovery. And now my training's all in plan. I can run a marathon like it's a training run and it feels comfortable. I do 50K and I don't even train for it like you would if it was a marathon. Um, I'll turn up like it's a 10K and it's not because I'm obnoxious or egotistic in any way it's more of a case of that confidence i've done over 40 marathons but definitely do i want to break the 240 because 242 is my pb and i never thought i was going to get back into the sixes especially after my back fracture in 2019 but now i'm thinking god where does it stop i don't even know with the distance so i've got two things i've got the marathon pbs that i want and then i've also got how far can i actually run in one go. If technical Trevor's listened to this, he's going to be there scribbling notes, planning new routes for you. It's just so exciting. And how awesome is that to feel fitter than you've ever felt in your 40s? That's just amazing. Uh, can, can I just give you a little virtual high five? Can you just wipe a hand up there? Yeah, a little virtual high five on the old Zoom lens there. High five. Uh, and I think we should have a group virtual high five. If you listen to this and you're in and around 40 and you're putting barriers up saying, oh, I'm not as fit as I was, fit as I was when I was younger and oh, oh my life's over. No, it's not. Come on. Let's just go for just it, man. So much out there. Just the stuff. I love it. Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure. I do have one final, final question for you. We ask all of our guests this question. It's a biggie. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Go for it. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. Mm -hmm. What does the word motivation mean to you? Get your ass out there and get running. Come on. I love it. Sam, it's been a pleasure. Have a fantastic week. Catch up soon. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast. I can feel it. I can feel it happening again. It's happening. It's starting to happen. What's happening? That flipping influence. Power of influence. Not from me, from our guests. I'm starting to think about running silly long distances again, aren't I? This happens almost every week. Don't run silly long distances. You know, the silly long distances that you already run it means that you haven't got any toenails. So what's going to fall off on you if you start running further? I don't even know. I wouldn't know. Toenails, schmo-nails. Listen, <laughs> get your Patreon Pete hat on, off you pop. I suppose this is the part of the show where we've got to ask you for money, don't we? You know, this show, yeah, it costs money to um, costs money to make. Uh, yeah, you get it for free, of course you do. We don't make any money from this. We do make a little bit of money from this. We make um, 
a little bit of money from this from um, partnerships with uh, companies that really resonate and are really good. So, like, we've been offered rubbish and we've had to turn it down. And who likes to turn money down? Well, you got to do it sometimes if you're being asked to talk about fast food on a running podcast. It's not the thing to do, is it, particularly? Um, however, a really exciting sponsor to tell you about next week or maybe the week after, hopefully. Um, but for now... We're not making any money from this show. So if you want to help out and you want to um, reach into your pocket and give us a few quid um, and you enjoy the content, then you can do it. I know a lot of people do, and I'm so thankful to you for doing that. Um, so it, you, there's no pressure. If you can't afford to or you don't want to, that's absolutely cool. If you do want to, though, and you think, oh, I like what the guys do, um, then all you got to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash Plodcast, runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Click on the Patreon banner and give us a few quid. And by doing that, it assures us that, or we assure you, that we will not put rubbish sponsors on this show and talk about fast food or that other weird thing that we were once asked to talk about, which, it, that was weird, man. I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm not talking about that. I'm not over it. I'm not over it. <laughs> and now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag... Ask Jake. Today's question comes from Marcus, who is considering having a blood lactate test, and he wants to know if I think it's a good idea and how often I recommend having them across the year. Marcus, I'm all for blood lactate tests. If uh, people are listening to this and they're not sure what you get from the test, it's basically a test on a treadmill in a physiology lab, and it really helps you to understand your... um, your fitness profile for want of a better description it gives you accurate training zones in terms of heart rate so it can be very very useful indeed and help to take some of the guesswork out of your training i typically recommend having one or two blood lactate tests per year i have a couple per year myself i think it's really nice at key points in your training maybe in the early stages of preparing for an important race where you can just lay down a marker a bit of a benchmark see where you're at helps you to train effectively with accuracy and then after your race as you start to think about another race you can then have another one because it's about finding out where you actually are and of course in training that can change so in short yes i'm all for it marcus get it booked don't forget to let us know how it goes if you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or of course you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. And that's it for another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. We'll keep this goodbye short and sweet. A massive thank you to today's guest, Sam Amond, and also to Tom Cruise for obviously making this show possible, because <laughs> quite frankly, I'm not sure Pete would have even been here to produce this episode had I have not seen Top Gun Maverick. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Just go and see it. Here's the baton. Just go and bloody see it. Yeah. Right, we're off. We'll be back next week. Have a great week. See you next week. Oh, and one more thing. Why try so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? Stand out.